When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish. The podcast that is born this way, baby. I was born for ass play. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> uh, I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... We're going to talk about... Something. It's a, don't. <laughs> it's a secret. It's At live shows, we don't reveal our topic until well into the show. To hold you in suspense. I know I can tell you're all very much in, dis- in suspense right now. For a reason now. that felt exciting when we did it at first, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. we kept doing it. Um, but first, hello, Boise. Hello, Boise at Treefort Music Festival. Uh, it's so great to be here. Great to see you. Uh, Boise, do you know, how do you say it, Kyle? The right way? No. <laughs> the wrong way, but I... Okay, this is one of those things that I haven't asked you about because you say it weird, and I knew you are going to have some intelligent comment about why you say it this certain way, and I just didn't want to do that with you. Yeah. So, but confronting your friends on a podcast is why podcasts were born, but yeah. <laughs> I say it Boise. But, yeah, yeah, and, and most people do, and and I did too, but like I have, I have, I have family from Boise, but, and I, I was always... You, told, an intellectual, I, <laughs> say it a different way. That's cool. I would... You're supposed to say it the way that you would refer to the person that rails you after boys A and B. <laughs> Boy C. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting, though. Boys D is through all of that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. They are all boy D, if, if that's um, what you're into. Okay. And you all are. Right. Um, yeah, and, and actually, I don't think people here care. It's one of those things that, like, after somebody fucks up your name enough, you're just like, whatever. <laughs> Wait, is that my name? Yeah. <laughs> it's my name, Boise? Boise. I don't, but, like, it's one of those things where if you know the right way to pronounce something, and then you go around, it's like, I'm, I'm having, take, mas- not mas- I don't have a master's in anything. Having a, an undergraduate degree in Spanish, I know how to pronounce everything. But I'm not going to walk around being like, hi, can I have a tortilla? Like, that sounds so <laughs> condescending and shitty, and, like, I'm trying to appear better than you. But it works great but, on you. That's You're, yeah, when you that's, do it, it's it on sounds, brand for me. It's on brand for me. Yeah, yeah, it works. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, so big thank you again to Treefort for for us uh, allowing us to be here, and uh, another hand for uh, this could be gay who was right on before us. It was great, wonderful job. Uh, um, there are so many queer podcasts here. It's so exciting. So thank you for planning so many queer podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool. It's really cool. Uh, quick reminder, if it wasn't clear from all of our signage and, and all of that, this is a very not safe for work podcast. Uh, it is, it is, it is rated R, sometimes rated X, you know, not that bad, but mm-hmm. But, but I mean, it depends. <laughs> uh, so if that makes you uncomfortable, then, I'm excited like, to should... tell everyone, like, gosh, I got gay itch. It's great. Our last episode was about incest. It was about, like, like, was like, about <laughs> incest. So you just, when you say whatever you, whatever consenting adults want to do, they're like, let's test that boundary. So we talk about things that are either uncomfortable or personal um, uh, stereotypes about gay people. Yeah, it was it was a really it was a surprisingly good episode. I thought <laughs> that, I loved me talking about it. I sounded great. 
Uh, have anybody has anybody heard our show before? A round of applause, anybody out there? Okay, <laughs> okay, not Sarah. That's fantastic. Um, and uh, so the rest of you are gayish virgins. So I, I hope you brought your lube. Here we go. Um, a quick round of applause, members of the LGBT community here, folks. Yes, excellent. Oh, everyone's gay. Yeah, yeah everyone's <laughs> a little gay. <laughs> Um, so our show is, as Kyle said, about gay stereotypes. We like to talk about the fact that there's no wrong way to be gay, and there's no wrong way to be straight, for that matter. And a lot of people have anxiety about, like, my brother likes musicals, and, like, it's kind of, he's straight, and, and, like, kind of hides his shame about that because it's a gay thing, which is really unfortunate because musicals aren't, like, inherently gay. Um, in the TV show How I Met Your Mother, they're so excited. To, all the, the straight dudes in it are so excited to go to a gay bar because they get to order fruity drinks. And it was like, you could live that life everywhere. <laughs> Your entire life could be filled with fruity drinks. And that would be totally cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and once a week, we take a gay stereotype of some kind and we talk about it. We break it down. Is it useful or not? Is it true or not? Does it apply to us or not? Um, to that end, at the end of every single episode, 273 episodes, uh, we do our gayest and straightest, which is to say that's the gayest thing about us this week and the straightest thing about us this week. The whole point being there's a little of column A and a little column B for everybody all the time. At the end of the show, we're going to be asking all of you to share your gayest and straightest. If you're comfortable doing so, just uh, we'll come up and have audience participation time. Um, so yeah, be thinking about that. What's your gayest and straightest? What's, is. Yeah, so like, what's the, the stereotypically gayest thing you did this week? What's the stereotypically straightest thing this week? You've probably done a little bit of both. Some weeks I have more gay weeks than than others. Sometimes I have more straight weeks. So it's sometimes uh, the straightest is the hardest part to decide. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so be thinking about that, and we'll we'll do that uh, at the end of the show per usual. Uh, it is. A live show tradition that we reveal our topic after the news. Um, but before the news, uh, real quick, we are doing a theme song contest. Y'all heard the theme song on the way in? We're asking people to submit their own verses to the theme song. And uh, the, the gayish or the better. Uh, submissions are due on Friday, April the 1st. So get those in, and then we will announce our winners at our Portland show next weekend. Which that's a great segue. Thank you, Mike, uh, for our Portland <laughs> I'm show. I'm going to go over here. <laughs> uh, Boise is the first stop on a three city tour that we are doing. Uh, we will be in Portland, Oregon next weekend at Hop Capital Brewing on Sunday, April the third at uh, one p.m. Pacific, and then the very next weekend, uh, Sunday, April the tenth, we will be in Seattle, Washington, at the Hula Hula Karaoke Bar right there in the neighborhood of Capitol Hill. Um, yeah, so get your theme song entries in text. Email, whatever. We, we, we get them to us however you want to. Um, so, Is it time for the news? Yeah, here comes the news. Here comes the news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. That's right. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> you sounded vaguely turned on by your own voice. I know, well, you know. <laughs> Uh, well, I was just—it it struck me that like we had a, we were, were having this theme song verse contest. That was actually a listener wrote that theme song. Yeah, and now it's ours. And now, now it's it ours. And to us. <laughs> uh, news the first. So Seattle Pride has cut ties with Amazon because they donate to anti-LGBTQ plus political candidates. Um, so after a long relationship, Seattle Pride uh, and Amazon. 
are parting ways. Uh, they, uh, Seattle Pride released a statement saying that, quote, we will no longer be partnering with organizations seeking to make a token gesture. We've talked about it on the show sometimes. Damn. <laughs> Companies like our money in June when it's Pride Month, and they don't really care much other than that. Right? And th- they like their names being up front and center so that when uh, they go for recruiting or need to prove that they're like down with the queers they can be like look the word amazon and gay are so close together on that billboard <laughs> like yep. that's that's important right absolutely yeah and, and it's it's a i don't think bittersweet is the right word it's it's sort of like it's nice to have companies supporting us and the visibility of that is great and also they're a company they're there to make money they know that it, it is better for them and their image to support gay stuff yeah um, and that whole thing is called rainbow washing or, or, or pink washing. Um, Seattle Pride rejected a $100,000 offer from Amazon, who also wanted naming rights this year. In return, they asked that it be called Seattle Pride Parade presented by Amazon. <laughs> so we said, fuck you. <laughs> Not doing this that. Take Amaz- your smiley ass box and go away. <laughs> Amazon Day Celebration brought to you by Stonewall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I have in the past and through the show very much learned a lot about LGBT history that's uh, in the past I've been like corporate sponsors great like we need money like they give us money it's it's a win-win and then you go to learn like you know there there's a place for corporate sponsors there's a place for people at those companies to be able to feel proud and comfortable and safe in their work environments and also putting your fucking name in like you do not know what it's about you don't know what's important or what our priorities are like you do not get naming rights to any like that's insane so yeah. like when you, yeah when you get to that like what they were actually asking is insane yeah. and, and just like oh uh, how did you even who tried that right <laughs> I mean, Amazon tried it. Yeah, yeah, that seems, yeah. This seems right up their alley. Uh, so it, it it turns out that the decision was clinched after assessing data from the nonprofit government transparency group Open Secrets. Uh, through that process, Seattle Pride discovered that Amazon has donated more than four hundred and fifty thousand dollars to members of Congress who voted against the Equality Act. Wow. Uh, which, had it passed, would have added protections based on sexual orientation and gender identity at a federal level. Uh, Quote, we simply cannot partner with any organization actively harming our community through the support of discriminatory laws and practices. Um, So, yeah, pride isn't for sale. Even even if you have prime. I I mean, it's still a little bit for sale. You can still sponsor it. It's not not for sale. (laughs) Okay. 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 Uh, Seattle Pride is hoping to recoup the losses in sponsorship through donations. Oh. So, donate. There's, uh, someone once posted something on the internet where I get all my news and information and said, like, we can have pride with no money. Sure. We, people have marched down streets before with no money. So, some, like, the idea that money has to be there for pride to exist, does it really? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, okay, moving on. News the second? Yeah. News the second. I know how you feel about Colton Underwood, Kyle. <laughs> she, I, yeah. 
uh, Colton Underwood, former Bachelor star, uh, who then was he was the Virgin Bachelor on The Bachelor, and then he was on like three different incarnations of the show: Bachelor in Paradise and Bachelor at Your Mom's House, or what? Like they had all the fucking spinoffs. <laughs> bachelor Cribs, hilarious. <laughs> Pimp my Bachelor. Uh, so he recently announced that he's getting married. Uh, to Jordan C. Brown, who is a political strategist. Yeah, what? He did like a TV show where um, what's Hottie McGee taught him how to be gay and it worked so well that he got a, he's now he's engaged. Yep. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. (sighs) Gus Canworthy fixed that bitch right up and now he's getting, and and now he's getting married. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He's only, he's 30 years old and uh, has been out for exactly three seconds and got snatched right up. So uh, he has abs. (laughs) So like a football player. Checks out, sure. (laughs) White, hot. Yeah. End of list. But this this is, I I buried the lead quite a bit. Uh, He has been pitching to TV networks exclusive coverage of his wedding. Nobody's buying it. He's been unable to secure Amazon is looking to sponsor <laughs> your LGBT event or wedding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. He, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody's interested in in that. I, I think you know he's gotten such a backlash for the cis white gay guy saga and coming out so late after being very problematic yeah for like um, stalking and harassing people yeah. like you, when you're gay it's challenging navigating the world and and relationships and doing what you're expected to also you still can't harass people that's still just not a, it doesn't i right. never harassed so well i don't know i can't say never i probably did some weird like but you like you just can't har- you can't stalk and harass people it doesn't matter if you're in the closet that doesn't make it okay and a lot of people think that like kevin spacey think that coming out like makes the thing they did before like uh, it does make it a bit like takes the focus off the news story so i yeah 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 well I figured that you would enjoy the schadenfreude that he has not been able to get anybody to cover his wedding. I mean... But, you but you like still, it when pretty people fail. Yeah, but like... <laughs> but, uh, yes. I love when pretty people fail and remind us that they're human people. And also, he was gay for a second and now he's getting married. I just... I can't, I, I can't get annoyed at how he's not getting even more money for being gay and hot. Like, because he still yeah. is in love, which is annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, okay. Are you news clicking on a news? Are you far? Well, I do this. Thing. This happens on the on the show, like when we record in the studio, where like okay. I get everything all ready and I open all my tabs, and then like by the time we actually talk about the shit, it's moved on to some like there's a fucking ad for Dove yeah. soap or something, and it oh. ruins like so I have to reopen the tab. Anyway, okay, and uh, you've done nothing to correct that problem. No, nope, <laughs> no, nope. that's fun for nope. me. <laughs> uh, okay, so I know you're already familiar. news. The last okay. I know you're familiar with the story already, but uh, there was an adorable dog. In North Carolina, named Fezco, who was dumped at a shelter by bigots who thought he was gay. So there was a dog. I mean, uh, okay, tell tell us the evidence, <laughs> right? Yeah. So so apparently the dog humped another male dog, like dogs do. That's a little gay. Like I'm I'm not arguing with it. Like he might, he might be a gay dog. Yeah, well, these these people showed up at this shelter with this dog, and they said, this dog is gay, you need to take him away from us. 
Which, if I were the shelter, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Give me that dog. Yes. Like, that <laughs> Please leave this dog right you. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so the internet collectively shed tears. and uh, But it turns out that uh, the, the Stanley County Animal Protective Services has revealed that Fezco has found a new home with a same-sex couple. Aww. Yeah, Steve Nichols and his partner John uh, told local news outlet WCCB Charlotte that they immediately connected with the dog's story after encountering anti-LGBT bigotry and ignorance in their lives and uh, decided to to adopt him, and they renamed him Oscar. Oh, is that what the movie The Power of the Dog is about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made, uh, what's his name, gay? Oscar? Yeah, Oscar Wilde. No, the, the, <laughs> Wait, no, what? Who's the, who's, the, who's the hot dude that's in that movie? Oh, I know nothing about that movie. Oh, okay. I, neither, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't that, go with you on this journey. Us, let's talk about <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, the, they named him Oscar after Oscar Wilde, which is right. Oh, uh, okay, you're, okay, you're okay. Going to. Uh, in case it goes without saying, local veterinarian Dr. William Presley assures everyone dog humping is, quote, a dominance thing and a play thing and is not linked to sexual orientation. Unlike in your bedroom. I was going to say, it, humping is linked to dominance in my, for me, but that's, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I also, of course, urges people to be more considerate when deciding to get a pet of any kind. Pets are a lifetime commitment. Unlike children. Unlike children. Pets are a major life decision that you have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, it's insane that anyone would uh, get a pet and then be like, I don't know. This whole story is like, it's too ridiculous to like, I don't know. It's just like, you're, you're insane. Exactly. Like, so your dog is gay. So what? Like, what does that say about you? Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Also dogs aren't gay. So deal with that. But some dogs might, I'm standing by. There might be some gay dogs. Your dog is pan. My well, he loves to fuck, and I don't want to say that pan people only, are only judged by the fact that they love. But okay, my dog is open to anything. <laughs> yeah, that's pan. That's pan. That's, that's, pan-ish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like this quote at the end of the article: uh, "Of all species in the world, homophobia is only found in one." Which one? It's us. Oh, it's like human beings. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I was hoping it was like flies or something I didn't have to care about. Uh, that's the news. That's the news. Yep. Uh, are you ready to talk about our topic? As I said at the beginning of the show, we wait to reveal our topic when we have live shows. And uh, you know, in Family Feud, when they do the part at the end where they reveal the top, the reveal the answers, and then the audience all says in unison, what, like they all read it together. I want you to do that. So in the count of three, Kyle's going to reveal this, this week's topic. And then, wait, we need to switch so that they can read it. You're so smart. I know. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we're going to reveal our topic on the count of three. And then we want you to say it family feud style. One, two, three. Frat guys. That's right. We're going to talk about frat guys. Um, guys frat I don't know that adds a fun spin we could have done that guys frat guys frat Um, the redundancy school of redundancy I think but um, and uh, for the rest of the show Whenever we uh, say frat guys, we're going to point at you, and <laughs> then you're going to say guys. It back. We should do fi- finger guns. Finger <laughs> guns. Okay, we're going to try it. One, two, three. Frat yeah, boop, boop, excellent. Boop, boop. Good work. Got it. Uh, why frat guys, Kyle? Why frat? Okay, first of all, we pick we pick this specifically for Boise. 
We did. But before that, I've been wanting to talk about frat guys for so long because in spite of the fact that like for a whole episode. For, like you have talked at length about oh, frat right, guys. Oh, right, right, right. We've wanted to, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the topic has never excluded me from talking right. about frat guys. Um it, it's the okay, in spite of how I just talked about Colton Underhaines and whatever his name is, um, like being so annoyed at like hot dudes because it's just like very like hot jack dudes that kind of like get stuff. That's so frustrating. But also I'm like so into them and <laughs> and it's very frustrating, but like, it's also true. So I can't, I don't know what to like, I do know what to do with that. And we'll, we'll maybe we'll process together. So part of the reason is we're going to talk about frat guys. Sub point under point one is that, I think for being a gay podcast, other gay podcasts are like, hey, like, you know, we as the hosts are super buff, so we're going to post pictures of us, and that gets people to listen. Or, like, you know, we're going to grab some model and put them for a post about, for doing an episode about frat guys, the promotion opportunities we have are are huge. We could get, like, Instagram would love that shit. We could get so many followers by posting hot shirtless suits, and we're not going to do it. Yeah. And, and I I don't know. We, we're just bad at marketing. I think yeah. if we're better at marketing, more people would like us because yeah. we would play into the uh, part of it. I would just like to be like, no, like we're we're too good for to you know debase ourselves. <laughs> like, but I'm not. But I'm not. I'll talk about that porn later. But um, but specific for Boise. Yep. God, I sound douchey when I do that. Right. Uh, frat guys. Uh, um. Uh, Idaho. Has a lot of frats. Um, Idaho, University of Idaho has 17 frats. Uh, Idaho State University has 16 frats. Uh, Boise State uh, has eight. Okay. Um, and Boise State, side note, is the nation's has the nation's only degree in raptor biology. You can get it. You can get a, a bachelor's degree in raptors. I have no additional information for you. I have that line that I copied and pasted okay. from the internet. Like Jurassic Park raptors? Like, Again, like I have no flight? additional. <laughs> Was there another interpretation of raptor? Yeah, like birds. Birds are like eagles and hawks are raptors. What are eagles and hawks but dinosaurs? That's absolutely true. Yeah. Great. You need to, you have a, you now have a degree in Raptor biology. <laughs> um, um, so I think, uh, for, I grew up in Texas. I think of frats as being uh, Southern, at least for me, just because sure. uh, I don't know, that's my association with them. Uh, like, like all the stereotypes about Texas, uh, football, masculinity, uh, cowboys, like frats to me fits in with kind of that thing so i think of them as more of a southern thing but um they are everywhere idaho i was surprised to learn how fratty idaho was um and then a couple recent news stories um in 2020 march 2020 boise state suspended phi kappa phi for five years and they didn't give any details in the article i read about why Mm -hmm. i'm curious if i want to ask locals later if they know the reason why they like it was over the course of several years something happened and they got suspended and it's one of the biggest suspensions. Like usually think like frats are suspended for a year or something yeah. that you're like, but they, so they did something bad that we're not revealing. Well, and for reasons that we will discuss at a public institution like Boise state, like you have to fuck up real bad mm. like because it's the government. You have the first amendment freedom to assemble. So like you have to do something really egregious to have that taken away from you. The times you don't have the freedom to assemble are during COVID when there are specific rules about that. And in late 2020, Boise state, State also had three frats suspended for large gatherings during COVID. Yeah, sure. 
Um, both of those play into all the things I think about and expect from frats, including secrecy. What the fuck did you do that got you suspended for five years? Um, the fact that they think they're better than the laws and can just have gatherings when they want to. Um, and, you know, I didn't have a third thing. Okay. But sure. at least <laughs> but I You're put doing three so fingers up on my hand, <laughs> so I think I'm done. Yeah, so uh, it is a, a uh, topic that both I've wanted to talk to, talk about, and is specific to Boise. Out of curiosity, like a uh, round of applause, anybody here in the audience, a member of a fraternity or sorority? Just me? Okay, great, oh. great. Are All you right. also a SIGAP? No, okay. Uh, <laughs> your dad's a SIGAP? Okay. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that ch- we're going to talk about that for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a SIG at Sigma Phi Epsilon and at its undergrad, and uh, I'm still involved, I, so I have a lot, of, a lot of frat knowledge to drop on y'all. Um, but uh, we'll start with, because we're a show about stereotypes, Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about frat guy stereotypes. Oh, sure. sorry, I should be doing this. We're going to talk about... And the stereotypes. Um, so the, I found uh, stereotypes online, uh, and I'm going to read them to you, and you're going to tell me if you think they are true or false. Okay, yeah. Uh, one of the definitions on Urban Dictionary for frat is this. I did, did not. Hey, Kyle. Oh, hey, Mike. Uh, when I was a pledge or a new member, I, I, I called the, the fraternity house the frat house. And uh, the guy who was in charge of like my indoctrination into the chapter said, you don't call your mother a moth and you don't call your country a cunt. Don't call your fraternity a fret. And that stuck with me. Literally, <laughs> first thing in my list yeah. is guys getting angry About it. <laughs> at people calling it a frat. Can confirm just did it. Wow. <laughs> frat. It's fraternity, not frat. Frat is a derogatory abbreviation. Would you call your country a cunt? That's uh, written on your thing? That's li- that is word for word what it says on Urban Dictionary. I, I'm over 40. I can't read that far. This that's <laughs> Oh, I need to use this to my advantage. Yes. It says that word. No, so uh, the definition, an abbreviation for fraternity that people have a problem with for no arguable reason. So... This there they as the conversation. Okay, you're doing a frat thing. Okay, in this conversation, I'm not a frat boy. I'm a fraternity man, Kyle. <laughs> okay, um, in this conversation that they use as like that, you know, they give an example of it. You know, someone has says that. I, I would you call your country a cunt? Other guy, would you call your mother a mom? Frat guy. Oh, I see your point. I obviously have no fucking idea what I'm talking about and will never again make the obnoxious claim that people should stop using the word frat. Okay. That's not a reasonable conversation that anybody would have, right? This, uh, the, the conversation I got on Urban Dictionary right. is yeah. not reasonable. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> the, I, like, uh, so frat guys are annoying about calling, it, calling them frat guys or being in a fraternity. Yeah, What's they were the, in the 90s anyway. <laughs> What's the, Why? I, I think frat is used in a derogatory fashion, especially like in mainstream media or like even colloquially, I would say like frat is a very, that is a vibe and it is not a complimentary one. And especially chapters that are less fratty, they're a fraternity. Like that's, that's, that's supposed to evoke a different set of judgments and emotional responses. And 
that you're not buying this. Your, no, your no, face no, no. is okay. saying Mike is full of it. Like, yes, and um, <laughs> well, here's the struggle. If you said, like, take that exact conversation and put it in a different context, here's my gender, here's the sexual orientation I am, and someone tries to say, no, you're, it's not this, it's this, because, like, that conversation we've had, and it's so fucking frustrating that any, like, that you, like, you, you, you just use the name, pronouns, orientation, use the words that I'm telling you to use. So I'm picking up on some of those vibes from this conversation, and it's not different because you're, you were not born a fraternity. Like, you, like, this is not your identity, but it also has those same things of, like, I don't like it when you call me a frat guy. Will you call me a fraternity gentleman? Like, yeah, okay, sure. fine. Like, I don't know. Is it, is it the same thing? And I should just like respect it or like my natural instinct is like to scoff and be like, that's so fucking dumb. Like right. <laughs> you, I'm going to call you a frat guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. I get it. With what side? <laughs> what do you <laughs> No, I, I mean, it's, I, I understand the parallel that you're drawing to like use the name that people want to be called, use the pronouns that they want to use for themselves. Like that, I get that. It makes sense. And I think the ship has sailed. Like the like the word frat is out there. It is being used. I I don't think it's that offensive. Mm. And but it does annoy some people. Also I some people like oh this is dangerous. Like some some people just have a chip on their shoulder about shit and they want to be pissed about something so they were told that this is something to be pissed about so mm. they are. Mm. Like that that definitely happens. Well I I also think like they get angry because people like they act a certain way. Then people use the word frat that they use in a way that to mean that like, we don't like frats. And then they're like, Oh, you don't like frats. So we're going to do, we're going to make it. So like you just act better, be better people. Yeah. It's kind of like maybe the associations people have with frat guys is correct. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. A lot um, of, a lot of them are, um, as uh, we know from gay stuff, a lot of stereotypes are there for a reason. Stereotypes are true. <laughs> um, uh, another stereotype that I found on the internet. This one was a definition on urbandictionary.com. Uh, frat is an annoying collection of insecure guys who need help getting laid. Sure. Sure. True. Your Mike says true. Cool. No, I, hmm. Okay. Uh, on the surface, not true. Like that's, that's gross. And I do think that there is a, a lot of different motivations for joining a fraternity. And I think that insecurity and needing a little help at functioning is, it, are definitely like reasons. Yeah. I think some of the things people complain about are to, uh, on the defense of frat guys, I think a lot of things that people complain. How deep? <laughs> Hope that depends, hopefully. <laughs> um, um, I, I think a lot of people say like you're I have more Sarah I guess I won't you're, you're buying your friends you you're insecure like you're insecure like what freshman in college isn't insecure that's like right. and we join organizations to help us learn about ourselves like that's a, that, I think there are very fair criticisms or of fraternities especially when it comes to treatment of gay people or people outside of their experience uh, being like insecure like I don't know that that's why we join groups to learn about ourselves and who we are so, sure yeah I don't know yeah um, another stereotype that I found on as a definition on urbandictionary.com is the definition for frat, a group of young men who have generally been douchebags their entire lives and need to spend thousands and thousands of their parents' dollars to continue this legacy through college and by their friends. Sure. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> you, you have to receive. You can't. Well, are these just so annoying that you don't? Well, the, buying your friends is is definitely. A, and again, like, you, what organization do you not have to spend money for? And but, what do you think about like the buying your friends idea? I mean, this is deflection, but isn't isn't therapy just buying a friend? No, nor should it be. <laughs> what is what has your therapist been saying? <laughs> I mean, I think I I think. There are a lot of dots that actually connect in that accusation or, or, or statement. And um, I also think that I went to Eastern Washington University, which is a, the red. It's on the Washington-Idaho border. It, it, is, it is conservative. It is rural. It is um, poor for lack of a better way to put it. And like we were not buying friends. We didn't have any fucking money. <laughs> now, being involved with the fraternity longer term, at a national level, seeing the way that it happens at a lot more schools, some of it's just kind of kind of true. Like there's this there's this boys club that is like drugs and alcohol and parties and and prestige all wrapped up in a like how many zeros can you write on this check? So there's and there's enough of that I think that the 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 stereotype is earned but it's also like most things not universal you can't you can't make that blanket statement and say that it's 100% true all the time so I would you know. uh, venture to guess that the uh monetary uh like it's restrictive some people in places where you do have to pay money or to stay involved have to pay money it, it, unless they're going out of their way to make sure other people can afford it, then that uh, like that directly causes like that to me is more of a fair criticism because that can directly cause some of the issues with, you know, if it ends up just being well off white people, you know, at the top yep. making the decisions. Yeah. I, I will, I will add, and I'm going to talk about like uh, the historic and staggering racism of, of the Greek world uh, a, a little later on. Um, but I, I think the same could be said about a lot of other kinds of organizations. Like, sure, you pay your membership dues to play uh, lacrosse, and you're on a lacrosse team, and you go and you play lacrosse together, and because you're on a team together, you bond and are friends. Have you bought your friends? Mm. Like, I, if you want to make that argument, it's the same one, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think anywhere where you there's a, significant amount of money involved and you're right that includes other things then you will suffer from it being more white more people of privilege that are sure. involved in that and yeah. that can skew the uh the relations um that's and you know people i give a lot of dollar bills to drag queens that's why we're friends <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're friends <laughs> um Let's see, another stereotype from the website UrbanDictionary.com. They wear the same exact polo shirts and ugly suede shoes. I was going to ask you how many popped collared polo shirts uh, are, are necessary, because it's at least two. I, I, I was never in a frat, but I also, in college, wore two popped collared shirts. Like I was like, I'm cool. I With can the backwards do hat? Not with the backwards hat. Yeah. I didn't get into backwards hat until I was You would be older. so into yourself. <laughs> I, I would. I don't think that's true. <laughs> um, another stereotype, they are extremely racist. We've touched on that with uh, talking about if it's the cost type of people that it attracts. But is it, did you, do you think it was racist? <sighs> 
the institution is absolutely racist. And we're trying, at least my organization is trying to figure out what to do about that, how to change it, how to fix it. Um, it's, but trying to fix it is a relatively new thing. Uh, a lot of it is because of privilege, right? Like you going to universities and colleges are whiter than, than the rest of the population. You have to have money to afford school and, and people of color have far rougher in terms of monetary uh, issues in, in, in this country. Um, and then you take you take that already like difficult to cross barrier to entry for people of color and then add on top of it an organization that selects its own membership and costs money to belong to yeah those mon- those those financial pressures frats very white <laughs> frats are very very white the, except in southern california but um, last one from the website, urbandictionary.com. Uh, enjoy drinking absurd amount of alcohol while listening to shitty mainstream rap music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think we, I think the, um, stereotypes are, uh, sometime a lot. There's, there's some foundation, foundational and institutional level criticisms that make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And when you're just like shitty to a group of people for no reason, or just not like it, it, not for no reason. Like I don't think people communicate it in a in a like in a way that's. If you just say like, oh, like you buy your friends and you suck, like that doesn't help. That doesn't explain the reasons people are against it. So you know, sure. some of these seem to be true. Some seem to be just people shitting on frats. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that is kind of the nature of frat discourse in our lives. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, Kyle, I'm going to tell you about the history of fraternity. It's the history segment. You love the history segment. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm paying attention. Okay, great. Okay, yes. Are you like for real stuff? Okay. Um, so there there have been fraternal... Fraternal... What is wrong with my mouth? There are known fraternal organizations that have existed far back as ancient clan hero and goddess cults in Greek religions, and ancient Rome had the Mithraic Mysteries. Dudes have been getting together and doing secret weird bullshit for millennia. How do you, when you go back that far, how do you categorize that as a frat? Like, why is that a frat and not a group of gentlemen? I'm glad that you asked. The only true distinction between a fraternity and other kinds of social organizations is that the members are freely associated as equals for a mutually beneficial purpose, not because of a religious, governmental, commercial, or familial bond. There are exceptions to all of those, and a lot of fraternities started because of religion. Hmm. But it's usually like you're choosing to spend time together for some purpose, and that it's not because of the government, and it's not because of religion. But what, how's that different than other organizations that I belong to that were not fraternities? And then... Also same sex. Like the modern incarnation is that mm. it's same gendered. Um, so so the Catholic Church had a bunch of lay organizations that arose uh, in the Middle Ages. And um, a lot of those have the look and feel of modern fraternities. But uh, the development of modern fraternal orders, like when we think of a frat guy, we think of like a, like a, a beer pounding animal house that whole yeah. phenomenon yeah, yeah. Th- that that's that's a almost uniquely american thing hmm. and a lot of people 
ground that the reason for that in the constitution and the fact that the first amendment gives us the freedom of assembly and that's not something that is as permissive in most other countries Hmm. that uh, especially especially in the 19th century this ability to just like you have the right to get together under the constitution um, uh, the, the Arthur M. Schlesinger was an author that studied all of this. He coined the phrase, um, uh, America is a nation of joiners, <laughs> that we just like joining clubs and organizations <laughs> and doing stuff together. Um, but yeah, so the, the modern college fraternity uh, has five common elements. The, the first is secrecy. Uh, second is single sex membership. Again, there are exceptions to all of these, but for the most part, uh, selection of new members on the basis of a two part vetting and probationary process known as rushing and pledging, and then becoming an active or being initiated, uh, ownership and occupancy of a residential property, the frat house where undergraduate members live together and, uh, a set of complex identification symbols that may include Greek letters uh, armorial achievements, ciphers, badges, grips, hand signs, passwords, flowers, and colors. Is it, okay? The, we talk about the word frat, yeah, and I'll keep using that for now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Greek, yeah. Do, do do people still call it that? Greek, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Greek letter organizations, yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like I've seen people like change to different uh, panhellenic. What is that? Panhellenic is a uh, an Uber organization. It, it's uh, <laughs> What they just get around so easily? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a rideshare for sorority girls. Uh, 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 Panhellenic is a like sorority of sororities, oh, and okay. the National Interfraternal Conference, the NIC, is a fraternity of fraternities. We're not trying to move away from the word Greek because that's well. It's interesting you say that because my my uh, my fraternity Sigma Phi Epsilon has tried really hard to stop using the Greek letters in like marketing materials and promotional stuff and has opted for SIG EP, S-I-G-E-P instead. Why? Um, because of the stereotypes and the connotation that Greek letter organizations get. Because most people, mm. they look at like Greek letters, they can't differentiate them. They weren't like forced to learn Greek in fucking pledge class. And so they're all the same and they all have the same bullshit Hmm. attached to them. So let's try to differentiate ourselves by using English letters Hmm. and hopefully that sticks like as a brand and shorten it and make it cute and not sound like Greek letters. Sig up. I think it's brilliant. We've been using that logo, that branding for probably 30 years now. Yeah. I mean, so so some of like the, the shitty stereotypes people have about like about frats other frats know this and are doing something like they, they wouldn't be trying to change their letters if there was, if there wasn't a poor association right. with those letters. So yep. that's nice that at least some organizations within it acknowledge um, or know that there's some bad associations there. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, the, the, the first fraternity in North America that incorporated most of the elements of modern fraternities was Phi Beta Kappa. Are you familiar with Phi Beta Kappa? No. Do I have to be? Or? Founded at the College of William and Mary in 1775, but Phi Beta Kappa is also a very prestigious academic achievement, non-gendered organization oh. now that is just, I think it's a 3.5 GPA or higher in order to be a member. It might be, it might be more than that, 3.75. Anyway, to be, to, to be Phi Beta Kappa just means that like, you have really, really good grades and you belong to this organization by virtue of that. They don't have houses. They don't throw parties. Like, it's just mm-hmm. smart people. 
Um, but they and they made that change in the early 19th century. Uh, they became a scholastic honor society, abandoned all of the secrecy and having houses and doing parties and shit like that. So um, anyway, the, the first fraternity that is like still a fraternity the way that we think about a fraternity was 1825. Uh, Kappa Alpha Society. Uh, it was established at Union College, which Union College became known as the mother of fraternities because uh, Kappa Alpha, Sigma Phi, Delta Phi were all founded at the same place. That's the Union... Un- that was the Union Triad, which is still a thing that you'll hear sometimes. The Union Triad. Uh, Never heard that in my chapters. life. Okay, well, great. <laughs> uh, and then, like, several more fraternities and sororities were founded at Union College. Anyway, uh, we started having houses. Well, first, we started having lodges in 1845. Uh, at the University of Michigan, there was a Kai Sai chapter that had that built this, like, cabin in the woods. Because apparently, it was... Uh, it was it, you couldn't be in a fraternity at the University of Michigan at the time. And uh, so they had to hide the fact that they had this meeting place that they were getting together at. So they like built this like cabin in the woods and had secret meetings out there so that the mm, university would find them. Spot. That's a little gay. It's a little gay. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, like, the, like the first bathhouse. It was <laughs> out, there, out there in the forest. Um, and then the, the first chapter house where like the members lived their full time together openly is believed to be Alpha Delta Phi's chapter at uh, Cornell. There is a, a Phi, Sig, uh, Phi Sigma Kappa chapter house at Cornell built in 1902 that is still in use. Um, so it's been in that for a long time. Sorority started around 1851, so a little bit later, but not like a whole bunch. Uh, the, the term sorority was just invented by a professor of Latin at Syracuse University. Um, and uh, I mean, all words were just invented. Right. Like, well, yeah. But the, the, whole, the whole point was like fraternity was like the French used the word fraternity. Fraternity, egalité. Oh, never mind. They're very different. But uh, nothing like sorority existed as a concept. And we needed one because somebody said, well, fraternity to call to call these chicks hanging out at this, you know, Greek letter place bunch of brothers for like fraternity that's weird let's <laughs> let's let's make a new na- a new name um so let's see and there there are still a lot of sororities actually that call themselves women's fraternities <laughs> that's that's a thing and that tells you something about the age like when they were founded that, that means they're probably one of the older ones <laughs> you're right that a lot of these got started <laughs> in the in the south the south oh, uh, it, it's I more love being it, right it, by accident <laughs> more of a southern thing um and uh a lot of that is about race and privilege and money as well. Um, okay. Religious discrimination. Most fraternities, at least when they got started, like in the 18th and 19th century, had a requirement that you be Christian. And uh, they, so much so that the first Jewish fraternity uh, got started in 1895 because no other fraternity would have them. Wow. So they made their own. And uh, I don't like, I don't think of fraternities as, I don't think of them as being based in religion as like, I don't like, oh yeah, I bet Christians love fraternities. Like I think of them sometimes being at odds, but at the same time, some of the things we're describing, like have the similar kind of like, there's some secrecy, there's, you know, a a lot of dudes, a lot of white dudes, a lot of people with money that are part of it. Like, it's interesting that I... uh, yeah, I can see I can see where it could have started in the, in the same place, and I think probably have some of the same issues. Yeah, well, jumping jumping ahead a little bit, like at the beginning, they were very serious, scholarly. They were the people that studied Greek in school. 
the whole like let's rage phenomenon started in the 60s and later so this conversion to just drinking and fucking and raising hell is a like that's the modern hmm. incarnation of of fraternity life that's not what it was like at the beginning um there's also a big like change right after world war ii because all the gis came back and then they went to school and then they brought back a lot of like tradition and culture and stuff with them that that was not all good um I wanted to mention real quick that my fraternity, SIGEP, uh, we removed the requirement that you be Christian in 1933, which is very early. Mm. Um, so race discrimination, lots and lots and lots of them, especially the southern ones, had a requirement that you be white. So they were white Christian organizations explicitly in their in their rules. Um, Greek letter organizations are still over 70% white. Um, the That caused a bunch of non-white fraternities to also then pop up. So the first Greek letter all-black fraternity was Alpha Kappa Nu at Indiana University in 1903. That's pretty early. Yeah. I didn't even know enough black people were going to school then. Like, like that's, it's, like, w- women haven't been going to college for a really long time. Like, we we live in the future, Kyle. <laughs> and um, also the past. Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, a.k.a. is the first intercollegiate historically African-American sorority. Uh, they were founded in 1908. My organization removed the requirement that you be white in 1959, and uh, there was a big old fight about it. Like one of our founding fathers, like flipped out and said that he was going to disown the fraternity if we allowed people of color. It was really gross. Um, and that's why you shouldn't listen to what the founding fathers say. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, God, the, like the the worshiping the ground that they walked on, like they could do no wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Originalists suck. Okay. Uh, and then as far as like gay stuff is concerned, there are very few actual prohibitions against gay membership. And a lot of that's because there's this sort of don't ask, don't tell aura about them already anyway. And we're sort of overlooked. Like we did a, we did a really good job. Gay people, I mean, did a really good job of hiding the fact that we were gay. And a lot of us have been Greek for a really long time. But it's not like we were in large numbers where... Somebody thought, you know, we got to we need to put the rule on the books to get these gays out of here. That very that just didn't happen that much. I just uh, assumed that was people didn't. The assumption was heterosexuality. Like people didn't even right. think about gay people. Like we didn't even need right. a rule because they didn't even exist. Like right. the the just the idea of creating a rule would have would force <laughs> you'd have to know about them, dislike them, and then put the rule in the book that they couldn't be there. Where right. I think that's. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the values to our our progress is that like sometimes you slip by and you're like oh fuck they were gay like and that can help change your mind about things but it's yeah, yeah I, I assume that it was the assumption of heterosexuality that yep absolutely that's for sure for sure true um, but the toxically masculine thing uh, didn't exactly mean that the out and proud crowd was participating right, and right. so the the first gay fraternity was Delta Phi Upsilon that started in 1985 and uh, uh, that was specifically for gay men and Delta Lambda Phi uh, started in 1986 at George Washington University by Vernon L. Strickland III which that name is pretty gay <laughs> um, but it's all men regardless of sexual orientation were, were um, uh, allowed to join my fraternity, uh, SIGEP, we we uh, allowed we explicitly allowed gay brothers in 1999, uh, which is interesting because I was an undergraduate when that happened, hmm. and I remember hating it. 
<gasps> I remember what? like because like, I was so super closeted and I was like in this Greek organization and I was threatened by the idea that like it was going to be the gay fraternity. It was like there's there's a lot to pe- unpack there, Kyle. Are we putting a butt plug in that? We're coming back we, we can, to yeah, it later. We can. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Put, that, put, that's yeah. Put a butt plug in that. Um, yeah, I was super anti anti that legislation big time. Okay, so. Uh, and uh, trans issues are very much the cutting edge of fraternity stuff too. So in 2014, uh, my organization became the first fraternity in the NIC to allow trans brothers, anybody identifying as male, as uh, allowed to join. Um, I mean, but that's only that's only seven or eight years ago. So it it really is 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 changing quickly. Several sororities have adjusted their policies to also confirm that trans members are allowable. Um, it, it, we're we're doing we're doing better than schools in Florida, I guess. <laughs> at if that's the benchmark. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah, and fraternities are this just bastion of unequal power. It is it is crazy. Since 1900, 63 percent of cabinet members, president's cabinet, have been members of fraternities and sororities. The CEOs of five of the Fortune Ten are fraternity and sorority members. Eighty-five uh, percent of all justices of the U.S. Supreme Court since 1910 have been members of Greek organizations. Uh, presidents, uh, both Bushes, President Clinton, President Reagan, President Ford, President Roosevelt, all were Greek. Uh, three prime ministers of Canada were in fraternities. Uh, about a quarter of the House of Representatives is Greek, and about 40% of the U.S. Senate were wow. Greek. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of just straight white power wrapped up in, in, uh, in, in fraternities. Hmm. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's got to change. Huh. Um, are you ready for me to talk about my Gata? Yeah, let's do it. Um, okay. I found a, I'm going to talk about the gay fraternity experience and how it has changed over time. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, we'll talk more about your specific experience, but this is um, a study I'm that tell you about all of the hazing Kyle. Oh God, that's I'm so, I'm so excited and I'm so nervous that it's not going to be as sexual as I want it to be. <laughs> it's, so I'm trying to brace myself. Okay. In this study, um, uh, there is not understandably or, or kind of expect not that much data on gay fraternity members experiences. Um, and, uh, so this is all new. So I found a study that actually um, looked back at all the previous studies and put together some of the info that, that they learned from that. So I'm going to actually, this a is kind of study. like a meta study. Yeah, they they also did their own study to add to it. But this is experiences and perceptions of gay and bisexual fraternity members from 1960 to 2007, a cohort analysis by Susan R. Rankin and Genevieve N. Weber from the Journal of College Student Development, volume four, number six, November, Wait, December 2013. What it says Graham Hesp? What I know, I know that bitch. You do? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like your friends? It's chapter brother, or not chapter brother? Uh, fraternity brother. I'm pretty oh, sure. Really? Yeah. Holy shit! All right, go ahead. Keep going. I it was a great study, top notch, <laughs> very well done. I think. Um, no, so okay. Uh, from what we do know from studies of gay members in uh, fraternities and sororities. Um, LGBT participants uh, joined, uh, like most studies, trans members are often not studied and need to be studied more. So we have LGBT participants joined fraternities and sororities. Uh, the perception is that, especially with like m- 
my jokes about like I'm into frat guys and think they're super hot the and join for the gangbang showers, right? Like exactly. Okay. Studies <laughs> confirm uh, people join fraternities for similar reasons as heterosexual students, like friendship, social ac- activities, and a sense of belonging. Okay. Um, most respondents, eighty-five uh, percent, reported satisfaction with their fraternity and sorority experience. Sure. So that's higher than I expected from gay fraternity members i would have expected far more dissatisfaction okay because i don't know the obvious okay. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know you're like in a frat with a bunch of like dudes that i think would maybe not be totally cool with you being gay and like that would be a struggle and all these like sure. masculine norms and you may be i don't know rejected or beat up or like there's a lot of like it seems like it could be very scary to be gay so yep. the fact that 85% of people it's scary to be gay everywhere, Kyle. It's true, <laughs> but especially around a, a, like a, a bunch of straight dudes, straight drunk dudes. Yeah. Like that's one of the scariest places to be gay. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, approximately a 1996 study said that approximately 6% of fraternity members and 4% of sorority members identified as LGB. At what percentage? Uh, six in frat and 4% in sorority. Okay. All right. I mean, the, the the bisexual numbers always like are are harder to pin down, but that that seems like that seems like a, a lot, or at least like close to general population. Yeah, like especially for a '96 study, like that seems in line with our expectations of LGBT people that exist in the world. So yeah, that seems that seemed about right. Sure. Forty um, percent uh, resp- of respondents said that they uh, revealed their sexual orientation to one or more members of their chapter uh, while enrolled as a student. Okay. Um, did you come out to a chapter member first? Is that very first? I don't know. You wanna? Um, yeah, actually, yeah, I did. Um, and also, uh, but I was in my thirties. Like, I didn't come out until later in life. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. Uh, and so one ball, Dan. Oh, one ball, Dan. One ball, Dan's the first guy I told. He was your big little little. Okay, okay. great. <laughs> He's taller than you. <laughs> That's <laughs> not they, you didn't get it right. Um, and um, also seventy percent. There, there's some interesting like conflicts in some of this data. Which I mean, as anyone, uh, not conflicts, but like just conflicting kind of signs. Over seventy percent of respondents indicated having experienced homophobic or heterosexist attitudes within their chapter. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Like, you know, almost half of people came out to pe- other people in their chapter, and also most people experienced some kind of homophobia within their chapter sure did you experience a lot of anti-gay shit it's a great i mean we'll we'll get more into this in a little bit but like frats are so gay (laughs) like there's so much homoeroticism that's happening and i think that like you get you get any any number of 18 to 22 year old cis dudes together for any length of time like there's gonna be some weird shit that happens (laughs) and 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 fraternities are very much that way um but then so there's but there's also like some very homophobic language that comes out of that like despite showing each other your balls all the time like you're gonna say that that guy's a faggot like that's is it's weird it doesn't make sense and it happens Uh, speaking of things that don't make sense even though um chapters were often reluctant to offer um membership to out people yeah once people came out, they were typically supported. Yes. Which, that's that's my ride. I gotta go, everybody. 
Um, that that to me is, I mean, kind of what we're talking about, uh, like skating through, like you skate through unnoticed a little bit and then people get to know you and they accidentally come to like you and then surprise you're gay. Like that's something that for some LGBT people, we get to do that. And other people don't have that luxury or that, that experience or whatever. Like, so I think, um, we're in this weird middle ground in time where now people are starting like it's that same idea of like i don't know you so you all i know about you is your gay so i'm not going to offer you a, right. a spot because like i just thought about how that connects to just life in general of it's easier to get to know someone and be friends with them if you don't know anything about them by hiding that you're gay. And if you, you're out about gay, being gay, then there's a chance that they will just not like you right there yep. and that will ruin it. And we're, I think more and more like people will be, will learn that they, they will have more gay friends growing up. It will become more accepting and more tolerant so that they don't have those attitudes, but we're in this stage where more and more people are, are out among a crowd of still homophobic people. Sure. So, uh, I don't know. I think frats have a surprisingly similar, similarly mirroring that in their like acceptance kind of process. I think when, when is all this data from, uh, it's a review of literature between the nineties and nots. Okay. Because, because Gen Z is going to save the world. Y'all Gen <laughs> Z is fucking amazing. They are like just incredible. They give zero fucks about sexual orientation. They give zero fucks about gender identity. Like they are just amazing. And all of my current undergraduate chapters, granted it's the Pacific Northwest. So there's a, there's a demographic thing that happens there in terms of progressivity, but they even at Eastern Washington University, they have recruited an out gay member before, mm-hmm. like not in the chapter, super gay, totes join us anyway. Mm-hmm. That did not and would not have happened at my school right. when I was an undergraduate in the nineties. However, just backing up what that said, we had several chapter members who, after they were already in, after they were already part of the in group, then came out and they were more or less accepted um and that's it's a fairly common story at least from my generation of you know once you once you're no longer strangers once you're in once you're bonded and then i find out you're gay okay great that's fine i can accept that we can move on um but this danger of like don't recruit the gay kid because then you're the gay fraternity there's weird pressures there that were are were really an obstacle a barrier that gen z just doesn't seem to fucking have <laughs> they just don't yeah 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 um there uh, some of this data said that uh people didn't even gay people especially if they were closeted didn't a vocalized opposition to mm. anti LGBT things because there is a pressure in fraternities to be like your togetherness, your brotherhood, your like, like we have value, we have these shared values. So they didn't feel comfortable speaking out against some of the bad behavior and homophobia within frats. Yep. That I think that's one of the scary parts of fraternities to me is this environment of you it's like it's good for social groups to have this. We care about each other. We share things. We're learning. We're growing together. You know, live, laugh, love, etc. But like, I don't know. Um, but 
when it's like you, like it is us over everyone else and we have some things that are secret and don't ask about those. It's just for us and defend your brothers to the death. Like there's, there's, uh, there's some way of like bonding or uh, that's like feels dangerous and seems like it could be difficult to move forward. Anything that you want because you're not uh, what you're saying doesn't support the fraternity. It's, it's supposed to be brotherhood and you're, but you're the one complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's. I get that. I I, I want to validate your fears because feelings are valid. Um, Mine's not an art. Let's, let's, <laughs> let, let's. Isn't that what chosen family is about? Like, do do you see the the parallels there? That like you 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 pick your group and like there 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 are gay softball teams that act very much the same as that in Seattle. Like they all have their backs and they all do their thing and they all have their uniform and they all have the things that they say and their inside jokes. And they, but like, it's, but it's that to the extreme. It's that to, you will always pick your fraternity over anyone else. It is, we will do secret stuff that you're not allowed to tell anyone else. It is, we voted on this fraternity to be kicked out for something, but we're not going to tell you why. Like mm. there's, there's a level of like bonding and commitment to each other that crosses a line then into there can be really shitty, horrible things going on that no one's allowed to talk about because they would be speaking out against that group. Like it can be, it seems like it could be like, there there's a line there that I feel like fraternities are past and softball clubs are not. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know what, like, I don't know what, maybe it's the secrets. I don't know. Like, there's something there that, that to me pushes it over the line. Um, I think there's also something to be said for like chapters that, that have houses that live with each other. Like there's a, there's a different level. Like team sports can do it living together like sharing a living space also can there's a weird like bonding thing that happens it like is a is a strong i, I don't know it's, yeah the, uh, the the tv show pose is basically about a fraternity they all live together maybe yeah no no <laughs> no um, uh, over 80 percent of non-heterosexual men and 60 percent of non-heterosexual women held at least one Greek executive committee position during sure. their collegiate years. One of the uh, their theories on like how, especially um, earlier when pe- more people had to be closeted, how people dealt with that being closeted. And some people tried to excel in every other area of their life to keep those things in order and keep them perfect um, or trying to overachieve to get acceptance. But whatever it is, great where there's a lot of queer people in leadership positions yep. um uh and i think i think gay people are natural leaders i think gay people tend to like you know get like rise um up to like positions of power and i think there's something that uh, I, fraternities also have but were there lots of gays in, on the executive committee? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, uh, it happens over and over and over again. You see, um, one of the tropes, right, is that like the chapter president then decides to come out because he's clawed his way to the top of the chapter's leadership structure, and oh. now it's safe to. But something you were talking about huh. is, I, I think, absolutely true. The, the, like, the overachieving, self-loathing, self-loathing gay is absolutely absolutely a thing like you can taste the desperation that they're like a, a super high performer because they're trying to make up for like the, the 
feeling of not being loved yeah. for who they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Me. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, fraternity and sorority members, uh, being a fraternity and sorority member was negatively associated with their openness to diversity. Okay. So these studies found that, um, similar to what I was saying, there is a familial environment uh, of the College of Fraternity and Sorority as both supportive and hostile. They're, um, they're, they're supportive of their own, the, the people in their group and not of other people. Um, so they <laughs> studies say that they are... They are less supportive of diversity hmm. <laughs> than hmm. than other students. Yeah. Okay. I think that aligns with what we were talking about. Yeah, just like the GOP, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this study um, then went back over these studies, looked at different groups, and then also added its own survey of groups of people. Um, they categorized uh, people into three groups, uh, three cohorts, people before 1990, people 1990 to 99, and 2000 or later. Um, and overall, generally very good things are happening. Um, th- you can look through those three cohorts and see that um, frats are, um, uh, gay people in frats are more likely to, it's basically anything you'd expect, uh, report a positive experience in a frat, be out in a frat, uh, rate a fraternity as being friendly, communicative, concerned, respectful, feeling okay about their personal safety. Like all of these things have improved over time in fraternities uh, for, for gay people, which is great. Um, the The biggest piece of data that I didn't, that, that they found through this study and I didn't have any more information on, but really what this has all been building to is that a majority of participants, regardless of cohort, reported that it was unlikely or very unlikely that they engaged in same-gender sexual activity with members of their own fraternity chapter. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so disappointing, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not everybody. We're going to talk about that for sure. It's, it's, it's most people don't. Yeah, yeah. Fraternity members, fuck your bros. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's part of me knew it was true, but then a study confirmed it, and it just, what's that porn I've been watching then? I have documentary evidence yeah. <laughs> that I'll talk about later. Uh, that's study, gay, that's gay porn study. That's not what I, um, I'm, I'm, my mind needs to, okay. Gay fraternity studies. Okay. Thanks for the gator, Kyle. Appreciate. Appreciate. I can't you. stop thinking about gay porn now. That's fine. Cool. Well, we can talk about gay porn too. We're going to. Uh, this could be. This could be a shorter segment. I just wanted to talk to you about the 2016 film Goat. Yeah, I've never heard of this. And how much I love Nick Jonas. Oh. Okay, my turn. Great. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nick Jonas was in in Goat. Uh, so was uh, James Franco, who was a producer, huh. a- and uh, it was it was directed by Andrew Neil. And written by David Gordon Green. Is Nick Jonas a frat guy? Nick Jonas is a frat guy. Oh, God. Nick Jonas is... That's my sexual identity. Nick Jonas is Brett. <laughs> of course. Brett, who is a established fraternity man on campus. And the story follows his 19-year-old brother, Brad, who starts college, determined to get his life back to normal after having a terrifying assault over the summer. So Brad is desperate to belong, so he wants to join the fraternity that his brother, Brett, Nick Jonas, is already in. And so 
really the whole the whole the whole movie is about just the horrible um behavior the the horrible hazing rituals of this kid joining this chapter and all of the things that his biological brother helps subject him to so if you mm. want to see Nick Jonas haze the shit out of some people <laughs> god do I put his hat backwards and yell at bros this is your movie Kyle I was I was about to ask is it gay but it just I mean yeah that that's gay to me but is it is it explicitly gay It's not explicitly gay no no and, but I mean there's a lot of the like it, it is it is a disturbing watch it's very difficult to oh. watch it, it is it I I think is uh it's important and but very uncomfortable because it shows I'm important but uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah it shows a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about but it shows them like making them drink and it like rolling around in disgusting shit like f- food and um it, it uh, there's this there's this point where they they have to drink a whole bunch and if they don't drink enough if they don't succeed then they have to sodomize a goat and then they have to kill it that it's together. called goat after the goat. Well, and that they, they 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 called the new members goats. Um, they were all goats, Kyle. Wait. But one of them was actually a goat, and they had to sodomize a goat. They had to fuck the goat and then kill it. If they didn't, I can't tell if the goat's re- a real goat anymore. It's a real goat. <laughs> it's a, a real goat. Okay, but there are human goats. The, they're human goats. The new guys are called goats. Okay. Like, all right, goats, line up. That kind of shit. I'm half hard already. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, which uh, we were called poops in my chapter when we were new. Why? Just because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Touche. Touche fraternities. All right, poops, listen up. Wow. For sure something I said. <laughs> were you uh, like a, a frat leader person who yeah. like yelled at younger frats? Yeah, I was, a, I was a chaplain and then I was a vice president of programming. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna talk about more about your experience. Yeah. So, so I don't want to. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, and and beating the shit out of them, but never like a, a where teachers or or students can see. Oh fuck! So like like a, the torso, especially uh, in the movie, uh, Brad's pledge brother dies of a heart attack while exercising on the track field, and then they they discover all of these bruises on the body, and there starts this investigation, and then the mm. the frat guys circle the wagons right and are lying about you know cover it up this this take it to your grave anything for your frat bros thing that you're touching on as is part of the the plot here and uh see the movie it's very uncomfortable there is a lot of shirtlessness in it so it's basically a normal frat house (laughs) but um uh and without any explicit homosexuality right so Right. That could be gay, but but what I what I what see the podcast? Oh, that, that could be gay. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It should have been. Yeah, the movie Goat should have been gay, y'all. <laughs> um, but what what I wanted what I want to talk about is consent. Okay, and I want to talk about the idea that a lot of these hazing rituals, there are these new members who go into that knowing full well that they're going to have to do this ridiculous, horrible shit in order to get into the chapter does is that consent hmm. because i would maintain that it is not i don't think i don't think consent means that the hazing is okay but that's an argument that you will hear like even though they're only 19 or 18 years old they're adults on the heels of our incest episode this is very <laughs> very very problematic but like like if two consenting adults want to throw 
lucky charms on each other and roll around in mayonnaise like isn't that, why is that, is that not a frat a, thing yeah what, what, what? <laughs> Don't Why is say it? yeah as if that should have been obvious that frats do that. There are a lot of there are a lot of rituals uh, in a lot of chapters that involve food. Mine did not, but some that I'm familiar with do. Hmm. Like make you eat weird shit or make you put weird shit on your like on your body, like food items, and then lick it off, or like put put Nutella in your underwear and then have to wear them and go to class, like shit like that. Okay, stay with me here. I can't. Okay. <laughs> Go to class with Nutella underwear? Yeah. It's, Am I, do I like that I or do I hate it? I can't tell. Where I'm going with this, Kyle, okay, sure. is like the power structures that are involved are very egregious. But the, there are kids that sign up for and do these things willingly, knowing that that's what they're signing up for because their older brother told them about it or because they've heard the stories or, or whatever. I mean, do they know what they're signing up for? Like, they know some extreme things. Like, do they know how extreme? Good question. Like, that's the desire to belong is very strong. Like, you'll put up with a lot of shit if it means like not getting rejected by people that you view as people that you want to, you know, be friends with, yeah. associate with. Yeah. Um, I I just think it's I just think it's really really interesting that the dynamics that are involved are really interesting. I I think I mean. When you talk about consent, other it, it is not just the the yes or no. It is it, consent should also be enthusiastic. There should be opportunities to retract it. So yeah. there are other elements like beyond just the basic understanding of a yes that I think plays into this as well. Of are you are you participating and doing doing so enthusiastically? Are you given opportunities to? withdraw at any point in time if needed sure and that i mean that might be some of the time like if you withdraw what's the repercussion and they will probably treat you shitty or you'll get kicked out like do you actually have a real opportunity to withdraw from this uh, yeah you know that yeah. might not be true um we're running out of time so we're going to move it along to, to porn yeah so we're going to oh. talk about <laughs> fucking other on film. Frat guys fucking frat guys on film, Kyle. Here we go. Let's talk about it. Frat porn. Oh, man. I wish it was just more uh, exciting and uplifting, but there's some heavy things in here. I'm oh. going to talk about Fraternity X. Great. Great. The documentary site, Fraternity X. Documentary film site, who, when it first started, purported to be a real fraternity based in Arizona State University, has since changed to say that they are a fraternity in Arizona at a university, <laughs> probably for legal reasons. Um, I mean, I know some frat guys that went to Arizona State, and I it could it's probably real. There, <laughs> I like was looking up things about this, and there's some TikToks that are like, "You all, well, you got ASU, like you're looking for which one's the frat X one, right? <laughs> like, there's there's some." I, I, I think that was a joke. I hope that was a joke, but there's some people that don't totally know that this is like that porn is not real and yeah. this is not act. I don't know. It's a, I saw a Reddit post where someone was like, is that actually a fraternity? It was like, Oh honey, like, no, okay. the guys in fraternity X are not real fraternity members that decided to film this to pay their way through college. Right. I know yeah. what it says on the entry. I know very well what it says on the entry of the site, but that's <laughs> not true. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is both very hot to have 
a bunch of frat guys fucking someone. That's like my like dream. Um, yeah. But also, it surprisingly, that's can also be very problematic. Sure. Uh, the website straight up game bangs can be problematic. Kyle, <laughs> make they that can bumper be, sticker. Cons- I mean, uh, consent as in a fraternity in a simulated fraternity environment the idea of consent like they're like they're intentionally playing with that in the in this fictional thing sure. so like um the website straight up talked about fraternity x and said over the past year fraternity x has featured illegal drug use homophobia xenophobia beer bottles vomit water wasting duct tape a cum dumpster with restless legs okay syndrome, well until you, until you got the cum dumpster all of it was real <laughs> <laughs> no no oh i mean He's really a cum dumpster. It's oh, okay. like I just it's it's in a fictional stage. Okay. All right. Uh vomit water hazing duct tape a cum dumpster with re- rest, restless leg syndrome and Katy Perry. <laughs> As background music. <laughs> um they had a uh, a gangbang called as far as I can tell Trump Pump. Oh nice. Where in a fraternity, one of the guys comes out, the other red hat wearing men, then fuck him. Oh. While cheering for Trump. Oh, God. Some of the lines that I liked that the best be- while I was watching. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> At the very beginning, the guy said, he doesn't, oh, no, one of, one of them said, he doesn't like gays. Oh, no, no. The, 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 the future cum dumpy um, or whatever when explaining to the other frat men in their intelligent discourse about about this, why he didn't like Trump, he said he doesn't like gays. And someone responded, what's wrong with that? No one likes gays. There's a part of me that I'm like, kind of like on his side a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah gays are a lot. I get, I get it, dude. <laughs> um, some of the things chanted while these Trump supporters fucked him were dig into his butt. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, there was a guy from Texas. They kept calling Texas, and someone said to give him that diesel drive shaft. Oh, God. Give him that Trump Tower? Is Have that, you... Is that like an Eiffel Tower? No, 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 no. He was, re- he was specifically referring to his dick as a Trump Tower. Okay. I've never done that. Sure. Was yet. it like covered in gold? <laughs> <laughs> There were no condoms. It was covered in nothing. Um, make his ass great again. Okay. Uh, someone got them beer and they were excited and they said, that's what I call a political party. Great. Um, and when one of them started coming in his ass, the other one said, that goes so deep, we're lubricating his throat. Oh. It's kind of poetic. Like... That's an image, sir. Like, <laughs> also says a lot about ASU's anatomy and physiology courses. I think, like, <laughs> <laughs> they think that works. I think Emily Dickinson wrote that. Like, I get, like, there's something beautiful about that imagery. Um, um, I don't know. How do you feel about a porn about a group of Trump dudes fucking a gay guy? You watched it. I researched. Okay. <laughs> It was all for the pod. The orgasm I had at the end was involuntary. (laughs) I mean, I think we've talked a lot about like the things that are simulated in porn and how problematic are they. And, and I I think that there's nothing, 
it's some interesting stuff that they're like playing with there, right? Like the sort of not broy. What's the word? The angry white guy stuff that is part of the right. I think that there's that twinge of violence to a lot of gay porn that that seems like a perfect vehicle for it. I, it, it and like, you're so like, Oh, you're so gay and you don't like Trump. We'll fuck you about it. Like right. that's <laughs> there. Yeah. There's something very interesting there. And I like, don't, I feel very weird about like, I don't know. I, I don't know how, like does, does viewing this then translate to, I don't know. Um, did, did they indeed make his ass great again? I loved it. Okay. So I, I don't I, I think there was no problem with it to start with. Great. That's same can't be said for America. Um, the other, uh, uh, similar politically themed <laughs> gangbangs they've had. Um, one is an award winning gangbang, uh, called grab him by the mussy. Ooh. <laughs> no, which I looked that up. Cause I was like, but, but the, well, the word is bussy. Why? Well, apparently mussy, mussy is man pussy. Like, I don't. Then is what, it porn? So, so they it, can't say boy because boy has an implication of age. Like I don't know why. Like the, a, the censors are down with all of the dicks, but like that word, it's got to stop. On their homepage, they said we had to remove two videos because Visa and Mastercard changed their rules. That you know we're working to get them back up shortly, and I wanted. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. What could that possibly be referring to? Um, there is, you'll be glad to know, one that is pro-Biden called Trumpster Dumpster. Oh, <laughs> um, God. Um, in it, the uh, this one I read, I just grabbed these from the article. Um, the <laughs> things that people yell at while they're fucking this dude is Biden 2020, bitch. Um, make his hole loose again. Okay. Well. They had it better. The first one was better. Um uh, uh, And they <laughs> apparently chanted Kamala Harris's name. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> um, so I I I don't think we took like, for what I always think about is I go right to is there data studies that tell us whether is it good or like is are these things fantasy? This is clearly like this is terrible behavior. Like you know the idea that you came out so a bunch of dudes are gonna f like fuck you and, and like convince you to love Trump or something like all of it like you know the whole vibes of, of this are like really shitty really like and that's like there's Dom something that that's like the hot part that's like why I'm into these things but it's like are these okay for humans to watch does this you know, affect your perceptions. Does this uh, translate into, and I, I just think that's something we don't know. Their, their studies into gay porn are actually very recent within the past less than 10 years. There is a journal that, that is like actually releases studies about gay porn. Uh, uh, existing human sexuality journals have started to include studies about it. So it's one of those things that if you say that I am a, I am a, someone who studies gay porn academically. Everyone will be like, oh, okay, uh, so me too, high five. But like, it is something that is really important and I want to know more about this and the, I don't, I, we just don't know enough about it. It's an area of academic study that people would make fun of or, or disregard and has been and probably why it's so recent. Um, what we do know is things we see in porn do affect us um, like, uh, gay and bi men who watch uh, men on porn have uh, greater body image issues. 
they're less like we're less likely to use condoms if we see bareback sex. So things that we're seeing are translating into our real life, um, and and to what degree, what what kind of porn then should be made or how should it be made? That I don't think we know that quite yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's super hot. Love it. Super fun. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> it's great. That's, that's the gay porn angle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was wondering about like the Western Mark effect and we talked about it in the incest episode and whether some of that is present for fraternity mm, stuff. Oh, like, like people that look like me. Yeah. 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 And the, like the, the, the big bro, little bro going to bang thing. If that's, if that's more taboo because of the word brother, yeah. like when you're when you're fraternity brothers, does that does that make it more taboo? And I know for a lot of people, therefore hotter. Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so we are running out of time, but uh, I I definitely wanted to do a quick show and tell. Okay, are you ready? So yeah, because okay. this is an audio medium, and I have to stand up, you're gonna I have, have to, to say things. You have to you have to say something real quick. Okay, I want you to. Describe my tattoo for everybody because I have a fret too. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it's like very fratty because it's around your ankle. Um, it's the, uh, you know, whatever is fraternity for E O with a line through it. An actual E. <laughs> and you got a heart with a skull inside. No. It's the number 135. So that's, uh, which is my pin number. So I was the 135th member of wow, my chapter. Wow, that's tattooed on you. It's tattooed on me. Yeah. 19-year-old Mike got to decide to permanently scar me forever. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So that's that's my fret too. Uh, they were very big in the 90s. I don't know if they're as Did big Did other now. people get them? Yeah. Lots of like people other around, people had your, around okay. me. Uh, but my other show and tell item <gasps> is as part of big bro little bro stuff in my chapter the big bro would buy a sweater that had the letters on it sigma phi and epsilon and then the little bro would in return give the big bro a decorated paddle <coughs> with which they would then get hit in the ass and so this is the paddle that my little bro made me one ball dan who's been on the show he's one ball dan because he only has one testicle because he had cancer um uh and th this is the paddle that he made for me and I'm wondering if you have any observations. You've seen it before because it's on the wall at my place. It's hanging but, like, on the wall. Did he ever paddle you with it? No, 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 girl. I beat the shit out of him with it. You beat the shit out no, of him? No, just oh. I, I tapped oh. him in the butt a couple of times with it. <laughs> like, I'm very, I'm a pacifist. Like, like I, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> oh, they were like, do it. And you're like, yeah, beep. <laughs> yeah. Although, although the, I, I was told when my big bro hit me in the ass with the paddle that I had just gave him, uh, <laughs> He was like, he was like, bend over and grab your junk. And I was like, why? And apparently because there's like, because you don't want to accidentally like, because you're bent over, like accidentally hit oh. your balls. Like oh. bend over and grab your junk. That's not the first thing I would think is like, you're, you're about to get a paddle in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you, do you want, do you want me to hit you with it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> In the bedroom, <laughs> I would say harder, Daddy. But this is a public place. <laughs> a once respectful um, music festival took place until we took the stage. So, I I have never knowingly had sex with a fraternity brother, my chapter or otherwise. It's a very large national organization, and I, to me, that is a line that I cannot and will not cross. 
and gay fraternities like uh, there's a Delta Lambda Phi has a hands off policy like it is written <clears throat> in their rules don't fuck each other oh, oh, oh. Um, we have no such rule and many of my gay fraternity brothers uh, are perfectly fine banging SIGAP brothers like it's a thing that happens do you have feelings about that like if you were if you in a parallel universe were in the SIGAP chapter of the University of Texas at Austin do you, do you... I I this is like the thing. So many of my fantasies, like I don't want to actually happen. If I went into a group of frat guys, I would be so uncomfortable and nervous and I would like barely talk to people and any kind of like sexual thing, I would just be uncomfortable and run away. So like, it's one of those things that I think is fun to think and fantasize about. But like, I don't think I, I think I could like, I think I could like fuck one of them. Like, I think I could hook up. I don't think I have that kind of mental block that you might, um, Not mental block. Like, I mean, you said, like, yeah, I don't have that kind of, I, I would be fine with that. All right. Well, maybe someday I'll get over it. Like I've been, I've been thinking about like whether I should revise that policy again, going with the like two consenting adults. Like what's, wh- why, what's my hang up? Cause I have some hot fraternity brothers <laughs> <laughs> and some of them want to bang. So, really? Yeah. Do they, do they, like, do you have a list of names that yeah, you could? I, I, I will show you later, girl. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the after show. <laughs> yeah, the after show. Stay for the after show. <laughs> um, yeah, so did we do it? Yeah. Is I it... mean, I want to ask you about so much more about your... We could talk. Experience. We have a whole podcast. Okay, great. Uh, so we talked a lot about... <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, inexplicably... Every single episode since the very beginning, Kyle and I take a break. And when we take a break at our live shows, we take a break and a shot. So uh, should we take a break, Kyle? Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break as soon as I can figure out how to get it to play the the break song. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Pick the frattiest shot I could. Fireball. Ooh, that's fratastic. Yeah, it's fratastic. Um, okay. Um, are we back? We're, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Okay, be thinking about your gay straightest. If you want to participate, that moment to do so is going to be here in just a tiny, tiny bit. But first... Our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on social media at Gayish Podcast. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails, is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Uh, a couple of programming notes. We were, again, on Two Old Queens last night, so be on the lookout for that episode when it drops. We talked all about Greece and uh, how it was inferior to Greece, too, in the eyes of many, apparently. Uh, and again, we will be in Portland next weekend, April 3rd, on Sunday at uh, 1 p.m. at the Hop Capital Brewing. And we will be in Seattle on April 10th on Sunday uh, at the Hula Hula Karaoke Bar. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific. Um, and now we're going to do our Gaius Astratus, sponsored by Spaces. Spaces, a new group chat app for niche queer communities by Hornet. Do you want to go first? I am happy to go first. The gayest thing about me this week, uh, we don't have a Dutch Bros in Seattle. We do have one back home in eastern Washington, but uh, and the line is always so long. I'm like, I'm not waiting in the fucking line for coffee. There's a Dutch Bros right here in Boise, and uh, so we hopped in there. It was Kyle's fault. And uh, uh, But I... (laughs) 
the gayest thing about me is the fact that I giggled and couldn't quite get through my order because I ordered a medium hot golden eagle and I thought it sounded like a sex position. So I started, I started giggling. About I don't golden eagle on the first date, right, exactly. but, but you might. Exactly. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, the, the, the hot golden eagle, Dutch bros. Was it, was it good? It was, it was good. It was like a caramel macchiato kind of a thing. Uh, it was good. Uh, and the straightest thing about me this week was uh, we were last night we were at dinner with the two old queens and I kept looking at the TV trying to figure out if Gonzaga basketball was on because I have money on them for, for March Madness. Why? I know. How? I, I, I give zero fucks about basketball, but I like I have a $50 bet on them. So like, and I just, I didn't want to watch the game. I just wanted to see if they won or not, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but the fact that I gave a shit at all is like super straight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my gayest is, um, so we, uh, you took a picture of us on the airplane flying over here to our Instagram. You, uh, took one picture and posted it without asking me. And I was like, Oh, uh, we're homosexuals. There are policies and procedures that you had to sign up for And this. No, I really don't give a fuck, but, um, <laughs> it was just very funny that it, m- the, my like initial reaction of like we're gay we're supposed to be able to review and approve all photos that go up on Instagram like my my initial like um, uh, my straightest is that I have the straight dad thing of a box of cords I, do, I don't need them or use them but I have them just in case I needed a like little outlet splitter thing yeah and I went to my box of cords and I had one Oh, the box of cords that's you want. and random electronics worked. You did it. Yep. Yep. So that joy that that, that was actually useful for something. Um, does anyone want to share with us their gayest and straightest? By the way. Before... Yeah. Come on up. I'm Dustin. And uh, my straightest moment, I went on a ski trip this week. Great. And as I drove through Moab, I uh, realized that my car was absolutely coated in mud. And it made me feel incredibly masculine and cool. And they pulled up at a stoplight next to three Jeeps. They were also coated in mud. And they gave like this slow nod at me. (laughs) I drive a Kia Soul. (laughs) Um, And my gayest came moments later when I fantasized about all three of those Jeep drivers. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You had a a, a muddy Jeep orgy. I love it. uh, You want a mug? Or, or, Or a shirt? Those are your options. Okay, great. Awesome. Yeah. In a Kia Soul, you have to earn that head nod. That's not an easy thing to do. I forgot to mention Just, that I'm bribing everybody with, like, you can either have a gayish mug or you can have a gayish t-shirt if you share your gayest straightest. Anybody else want to share? Yeah. All right. My name is Alicia. Uh, my straightest was that I cried really hard during Pride and Prejudice, like, last week. <laughs> like, it's so... I just, it's so straight, and I cry every time. Um, my gayest was that I got to take my girlfriend backstage to see Snail Mail at Treefort main stage, which she's like the queerest artist right now, and we were, t- yeah, <laughs> that was probably the gayest. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. It was great. She was incredible, yeah. But it was a lot of lesbians in that crowd. It was fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I want to be where the lesbians are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll, f- I'll find you. I'll find you in a little bit and get you some merch. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? Time for one more. Yeah. Come on, come on up. Uh, all right. I am Brett, like the frat boy. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my gayest is that I went to Build a Bear specifically to purchase clothes for my cat. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's great. And my straight assist actually along the same line. Uh, my sister got me, it looks like such a straight ally sticker for my car that says, proud parent of a gay cat. So that's also on my car now. That's great. Thank you, Brett. I love that. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, Well, thank you to all of you for being here. We really appreciate it. Appreciate you spending part of your afternoon with us here. Uh, Thanks uh, to uh, Treefort and uh, for having us. We really appreciate it. Uh, It was nice to be. It was nice to be nominated. Um, And and uh, and especially to Alicia and and uh, Brett for running sound and and helping out backstage and stuff. Uh, Thank you to everybody who shared their gayest straightest. Appreciate you. I I will find you and get you some merch. Um, Um, If you want, we have been like busy if you want to come like hang out take pictures with us we are also if you uh, post those two spaces so go to hornet spaces download that i am there um and post pictures because i don't have any that is my straightest that i'm not taking pictures all the time and posting on instagram uh so go to spaces post them there i i will comment like uh, and that'll be a lot of fun. Also, thank you to our super gap bridgers. These are people that are at our highest level of Patreon. Josh Copeland, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, Anonymous, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Christopher Farrell, Jamie Pugh, Kevin Henderson, Tipsy McStumbles, Donald Linsky, Thomas P. Dusty Sands, A. Coleman, Chris Gadgetor, and Jerome York, and CN and Javi. Yeah. Thank you. Stick around for Turned Out a Punk. Uh, from the Chris Cacciatorian Studios, I'm Mike Johnson. I want to be turned out by a punk. Oh, I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. Or in Portland. Or in Seattle. Thanks. <laughs>